0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrook. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, in our series on the Beatitudes, the fourth one says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled... Matthew five six, let's talk about what Jesus means in this teaching.
1: Paul, you and I like to recall what our New Testament professor, Doctor Eckelberger, taught us at Bible school about context.
0: I remember it well. He used to say three important things to help understand the Bible: context, context, context.
1: And then he would add that a text out of context becomes a pretext. Let's look at the context of this fourth beatitude. Matthew writes, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread. Large crowds followed him. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Context. Why was such a large crowd following Jesus? The Jewish people had been told by their prophets, like Isaiah, of a coming Messiah. Jesus sounded like a good candidate to fulfill the words of the prophets. But Jesus' first three beatitudes or blessings were quite different from what they expected to hear. First he said, Be humble. And then, Be meek. And then, Be mournful. This is not what they were anticipating. They wanted a leader who would get rid of the Romans. Now he is about to speak again a fourth time. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What does Jesus mean by righteousness? And how can we be hungry and thirsty for something intangible? You can almost see the puzzled look on their faces. They know God is righteous, free from any sin. And they know the scriptures say, Noah was a righteous man. And they know the story of Job, who is also called a righteous man. But what does this mean when the man from Nazareth says, We must seek righteousness like a starving man seeks food and a thirsty man searches for water?
0: Jim, that same confusion may be in the minds of some listeners. Righteousness is not a commonly used word. Today we might say someone is ethical, moral, noble, or perhaps virtuous. How would we explain righteousness to our listeners today?
1: One author says righteousness is being pure in heart before God who alone can see the heart. This beatitude is number four in a set of four. After being humble before God and meek in our attitudes to people and mourning over the sins in our life, then we can be filled with God's righteousness If a Christian is acting according to standards established by the Bible, then he is practicing righteous behavior even if the government disagrees. One quick example, in many countries the government declares abortion to be legal, but a righteous man will seek to protect the sacred life in the womb. He will be hungry enough to pursue godliness and thirsty enough to seek justice. That's hungering and thirsting for righteousness.
0: You mentioned the prophet Isaiah telling of the coming Messiah. What's his connection to this beatitude?
1: Isaiah has many references to the coming Messiah. When the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in Israel in the late 1940s, the Israelis encapsulated the scroll of Isaiah into a museum called the Scroll of the Book, as evidence that the land of Israel had been promised by God to the Jewish people and would someday be ruled by his anointed one, the Messiah. That is the context of the crowd listening to Jesus speaking some 2,000 years ago. They knew their scriptures. They are there to hear if Jesus of Nazareth is their Messiah. Listen as Paul reads a few selected verses from Isaiah 61, a messianic prophecy that speaks of righteousness.
0: The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called Oaks of Righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified.
1: The Jewish people knew that when Messiah came, he would bring an end to their suffering. He would give the oil of gladness and praise instead of mourning under Roman rule.
0: You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional booklet, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email. At men alive unto God at gmail dot com. That's men alive unto God at gmail dot com.
1: The Messiah would plant them in their own land like oaks of righteousness. Keep reading, Paul.
0: Verse four. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations, and they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Verse seven to eight. Everlasting joy will be theirs, for I, the Lord, love justice. Verse 10, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness.
1: Let's pause there for a moment. When Isaiah says, he has wrapped me in a robe of righteousness, this symbolism means being in a right standing before God. In the story of the prodigal son that Jesus tells later, the father put a robe around his son, a robe of acceptance and righteousness, saying, this is my son that was lost, but he is now found. The father has wrapped a clean robe around his forgiven and restored son. We become sons of God when we receive Jesus Christ by faith as our Savior. In God's eyes, our righteousness comes, as it were, from the robe of Christ's righteousness and sacrifice wrapped around us. Scripture says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Like that prodigal son, we are wearing filthy rags that smell like a pig pen. Our Heavenly Father is going to wrap a robe of Christ's righteousness around us and bring us into His forever family. So, when Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, he is in essence saying to the crowd, blessed are those who long for total righteousness as a starving person longs for food and as a person perishing from thirst longs for water. They will be truly satisfied. Hunger and thirst were a daily reality in an arid region like Israel. The people were totally dependent on the seasonal rains to plant, grow, and harvest their crops. They knew what it was like to be hungry and thirsty. In ancient times, wages were low and water was a precious commodity. Most men were paid each day for work they did that day. And then they bought enough food for their family for that day. Very little was stored for another day. There were no preservatives or refrigerators or freezers to store food. When I lived in Israel, I found it amazing to watch Jewish people respond to the first rainfall of the year. They danced for joy. Every year, the rains start in late October and continue until mid-May. This phenomenon is what the Bible writers are referring to when they mention the early rains in October and the latter rains in May. Rain meant the farmers could plant their crops. Rain meant there was potentially another year of food and survival. No rain meant the beginning of hard times, perhaps even a famine. One can only imagine the days of Elijah when he prophesied to King Ahab that because of Ahab's disobedience to God, there would be no rain for three and a half years. The emphasis in this beatitude is that one's passionate desire for righteousness is a matter of eternal life or death. Blessed indeed is the one whose most passionate desire is to love God, to obey his words, and to love others as they ought. Some listeners today understand being hungry and thirsty very clearly. Some listeners have a limited or in some cases no understanding of what real hunger and thirst is, as they had never been without a nearby source of food and water. Do we truly understand how to hunger and thirst for righteousness?
0: In reality, we are all sinners saved by grace. None of us is perfect.
1: Jesus uses the word righteousness five times in his address to the people. Let's consider how Jesus explains what righteousness means by keeping his words in context. Matthew 5, 6. This first reference is the text we are examining. "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled." Then Jesus says in Matthew 5:10, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." An interesting scenario. Jesus tells his disciples, "They are to pursue righteousness, but be prepared. the more you become transformed to the image of Jesus Christ the more you will be different from the rest of the world. In Luke's gospel record of the same event, Jesus said, You will be hated, excluded, insulted, and rejected for my name's sake. Then in Matthew 5.20, Jesus teaches his disciples an amazing concept. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus then gives a number of examples. The pious Pharisees taught that you were not to commit adultery. But Jesus goes beyond the Pharisaical rationalizations and says, you must not even look at a woman lustfully. One Christian leader had sex with a prostitute and then rationalized. Well, it wasn't real adultery. I was wearing a condom. Righteousness cannot coexist with sexual immorality, or lust, or pornography, or rationalizing. In Matthew 6.1, Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Righteousness has no partnership with pride or arrogance. Remember the order of Jesus' teaching. Be humble, be meek, be mournful, and then hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you will be filled. And number five is Matthew six thirty-three. Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. These things being referred to are food, clothing, and shelter. Righteousness triumphs over materialism. God will honor your commitment to him. This is the cry of our heart, Paul. A longing for total righteousness as a starving person longs for food and as a person perishing of thirst longs for water. And we will be truly satisfied, blessed by God.
0: There you have it, men. Remember to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master request it at men alive God at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Esther Brooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.